All right, everybody, happy Thursday. Welcome into Concrete Jungle, New York baseball podcast here on FingerLakes1.com. Paul Russo here, Kyle Evans is always with me. Um, yeah, I, I jokingly said to you off air, Kyle, anytime I feel like it's probably going to be a shorter podcast because, frankly, as if you saw the title before watching, broken record at this point, especially with the Yankees. The Mets have some positivity, but there's just not a ton to talk about with either team right now in the grand scheme of it. And um, But normally this is where we actually go longer. So who knows what we have in store time-wise here today. But, um, yeah, like I said, the Mets have some positivity. The Yankees don't. Uh, and Rochester and Syracuse both victorious to start their week. So can't complain up here on I-90 by any means. But uh, plenty to get to. Kyle, how's your week been so far? Um, I don't really have a word to describe it. Just give us your honest hardcore take on your own opinion over it okay. i think it would be okay um 41 games left too many but i'm at the point where you know i have so many tvs i'm kind of just focused in on other games in fact i mean i didn't i had the ninth inning on last night when they're down two nothing mm-hmm. but i never looked up because i just kind of knew what was going to happen <laughs> um but yeah i mean series with the Yankees that's we're going to dive deeper into is to me as expected Um, but maybe not in the fashion that the final two games went where they get shut out right Um, at least a run you would you would probably think but yeah that's how bad it was yeah Yeah, I mean I I have to eat words I thought they'd at least get one game but apparently not Kyle you were spot on with that yeah off on the Mets though I did say they'd lose that series so we're even we're tied yeah we'll take it um, so, yeah, before we, we kind of get there and everything else, thank Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been candidate with hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. You can visit them online at candidatewithdentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. And Generations Bank. Generations Bank has been serving the financial needs of the Finger Lakes region since 1870. Generations combines the best of modern banking with dedication to our local communities. Whether you are looking for a checking account, CDs, a home improvement loan, you name it, we have what you need. We are committed to serving and giving back to our communities. You can visit us online at mygenbank.com, Generations Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. So, yeah, let's be with the Yankees here today, Kyle. Um, swept in Atlanta by the Braves. Um, best team in baseball. Like I said, after you words, I figured they'd at least get one game out of the three and they just didn't um i don't know where where to maybe begin here i think you kind of teed it up two straight shutouts um and um 18 straight innings right without a run so maybe we'll begin there with just no offense once again from from this team and probably to the worst degree in all honesty we've probably seen it this year at least in my opinion anyway I mean 18 straight innings and they've had streaks like this before this year but uh, the fact of the matter is um, I think I got to go back to something I said on Monday and that is this was a very important week the make or break week kind of funny how it always ends up being against some of the better teams or best team in this case in baseball where it tees off the week in that way and um to put it simply, the, the Yankees failed to show to the occasion. Yeah, so we'll throw it back to Monday. I mean, they had 11 hits, actually. Monday night, they had 11 hits. Yeah. Only three runs. That's the problem there. They just couldn't get a hit with runners in scoring position for the most part. 
and then they're like, another storyline all year. <laughs> and then they're not homering. Um, the last what did they homer Monday night? I can't remember. Oh uh, uh, no, they didn't. No. Yeah, so they're not hitting home runs, which we know that means the Yankees lose games because they they need to hit home runs to win. And then Tuesday they manage one hit in nine innings. And the guy who started for the Braves is Bryce Elder, who came into that game with a 70 ERA in his last six starts. Yep. And he looked, of course, like a Cy Young winner, as we've seen all all season long with these pitchers that have struggled coming in. And I think if there's one weakness with the Braves, it is their pitching. It's not as strong as it as it could be. But, I mean, man, they shot the Yankees down, made it look like they were great. Yeah. Um, especially the bullpen. Like, A.J. Minter hasn't been that great. They made him look great. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched back-to-back nights during the shutouts. And then last night they get four hits. It's just like it's hard to believe. And uh, they haven't had an extra base hit since Monday night. Mm-hmm. And that was when Volpe tripled in a run in the ninth. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's, – it, I don't even know where to go. It's yeah. like that bad. Yeah, it, and part of it too to me, um, you mentioned, I think, a little bit, right, you know, yesterday they only had four hits. And that's the sad part about it is really to be fair – you could make the case for the past two nights in many regards, outside of obviously Severino and again first inning woes that if we really wanted to, we could talk about it again, but I'm just I'm kind of over it for the next probably week or so, <laughs> to be honest. But you really you know, those two shutouts, they they had the Braves where perceivably you could get them and just the failure to capitalize on the situation, the failure to rise to the occasion, I guess, in this situation, you know, and, you know, I guess this maybe can kind of bleed into, you know, the next, I think, maybe main talking point here, right, is, you know, after the game yesterday, Aaron Judge, who, I don't know if this is maybe the appropriate time to kind of bring this up, you know, the captain of the Yankees, I think he might be sipping from the from the Kool-Aid that Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman have been sipping from, right? Says a quote more or less along the lines of, hey, we're right there. We're one hit or whatever away from getting hot and blah, blah, blah. And, like, sure, like, maybe that's correct. But the fact of the matter is the way the Yankees have been playing right now, the way, and I'll go ahead and say it, the way Judge has been playing lately, return from injury or not at this point, you aren't one hit away. You aren't one pitch away. You aren't one anything away from being right in it, even though you are you think you're st- right in it. And, you know, I, look, there's six in the wild card still, but they lost a game and a half this past the, the past three days. And remember how Monday I sat here and I go, numerically I still have to put them at 50-50 even though like they probably aren't but numerically I have to just you just made it they made it incredibly harder for themselves it's only half game but oh I thought it was a game and a half six and a half whatever but yeah um they're in trouble they have a 2.7 percent chance of making the playoffs as of right now according to fan graphs which I mean obviously that's just a projection anything could happen crazy things happen but I mean 2.7 percent chance when they entered the season like 80 percent it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And I shouldn't be just attacking Judge here, I guess, with the comments thing, because even though it's been a, a couple weeks since it, but, like, he's not the only player at this point also doing this. Like, Harrison Bader's talked about it 
you know, saying more or less in lines of the same thing, right? And you can keep saying these quotes and that's all right, whatever. Like, do you? But to me, it boils down to this. It's, it's uninspiring baseball. And we talked about it with the Mets. And, you know, I think now it's finally maybe time to just fully address it with the Yankees, right? Is a bunch of these guys, I think at this point, have lost their way. I think it's a – I don't know if it's a lost clubhouse in the way I thought the Mets clubhouse was lost before the trade deadline and everything like that. But they're at minimum – a clubhouse that's directionally confused. And in my opinion, I think they are lost. I think for being the captain, go back to it. I don't know where Judge is kind of in on this at this point. Um, and this is, again, I'm going to do the same thing I did with the Mets where I, where I kind of do did with this is like where, I guess, is Garrett Cole in this, right? Where is Giancarlo Stanton, right? And I can't bring up Rizzo right now because he's hurt and more or less away from the team. But, like, where are these veteran guys, right, kind of whipping people into shape? And I get, right, that Giancarlo's quiet. I get that DJ LeMay, he was quiet. I get Bader is somewhere in the middle type stuff, right? But the fact of the matter is, and, again, just like the Mets, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe they have had these discussions and we just don't know about it, and I'm just throwing this into the air like an idiot, but how come nobody in the clubhouse has just frankly snapped yet? I mean, the only people we've seen kind of, and, you know, you can make the case that's or the right way or the wrong way or somewhere in the middle, right? But the only people we've seen kind of freak out have been like Rodon and Canely, and that's about it. I mean, I'm sure there's been some other ones somewhere along the way, right? But, like, those are the only main two that stick out in my mind anyway. Yeah, I. It, to me, it seems like Aaron Boone's delivering the same message that he's delivering to the media, and that's why Judge literally almost said the exact quote right. that Boone would say. So, basically, it's just all talk, and it just continues to be the same result. And one thing that I do notice, too, is when the Yankees fall behind – their approach at the plate and the way they go out there and act, mm-hmm. it just almost seems like, obviously they're trying, but it just seems like they kind of just give up. Now, in prep today, you bring up a good point. I want to ask you this, and I think this is something I think after the weekend we can go more in depth on because I don't, I didn't have time to listen to this interview. I saw it this morning getting ready to, to head off to the dentist appointment that I had. But did you see it? I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Uh, but he was a former minor leaguer within the Yankees. Oh, Ben Ruta. Yes. Yep. It's, I won't say it's coincidental, right, that you kind of brought that up and maybe the fact that some of these players have brought up, but the fact is he had this interview and he more or less said that, like, the coaching at the minor league level is shot for the Yankees at the moment. It's a systematic thing, and I think that's something that we actually alluded to when Dylan Lawson was fired, like, that there's something – fishy going on here right if Marcus Thames and then him and then obviously they went out of the out of rank if you will to to go and get Sean Casey right but um like I said I think for me and maybe more talking points on this it'll have to be after the weekend when I can actually see it and digest it but maybe there is some validity to what he's saying here in my mind 
Yeah, um, their approach at the plate. I mean, yeah, they got a new hitting coach, but it just seems like nothing's changing. And I don't know if you realized, but one glaring stat from that three-game series is they grounded out 36 times. They just kept hitting the ball on the ground. And Glaber Torres now has 17 double plays grounded into. That's fourth in the major leagues. Like, that's just bad. And he had six of them in the last seven games. Yeah. So, like, when they are finally getting that guy on base, it's just constantly ground balls. They're not elevating the ball. And then when they had guys on, they had a leadoff single from LeMahieu yesterday and a leadoff single from Torres. And it just looks like every time the hitters after him are trying to swing mm-hmm. for, the, for the fence. And that's just a terrible approach. Yeah. And it's just like three strikeouts from Judge yesterday, three from McKinney, and three from drawing a blank. I forgot. There's another guy. Mm-hmm. But like, look at all the strikeouts. I mean, Charlie Morton tied his season high with ten. Yeah. Like, how does this keep happening? Where these pitchers are tying season highs, setting season highs, looking so great when they're not great? It's just I I don't get it. It's same repetitive stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, obviously this is. Maybe a statement for a podcast that we have, you know, obviously in three months or so, or, but, I mean, there, there's got to be an overhaul. And I, I think it's it's come time for it. Um, you know, just think about the way, and that's a reference I haven't said in a while here, but you think about the way the Yankees have been the past two calendar years. I mean, they, they are literally 500 ball club, and actually probably now below 500. Yeah, do you want to know their record over the last 200 games? Yeah, go ahead. 98 and 102. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> But that, but that's my point, right? Is this they they are there in the wind, and you know, to take even the unbiased, you know, or take the bias out of it here a little bit with us. Like, how can any team within reason, right? Maybe not Oakland or Kansas City, who's just not competing, obviously, right? How can team a team that in theory has their mind on? At worst, just making the postseason. Think that that's that's all right. It's not, you know. And you you said off air, Kyle, right? Like how how much longer is hell going to actually tolerate this? And I don't to go back to maybe a dumb saying, right? You know, maybe the only way to do it at this point is just in the pocketbook. Like stop showing up, like or something. Like I don't know, but. I mean, I, I'll go ahead and say it, but like I have to imagine that George, and Hal's brother Hank are rolling over in their graves with this team. To be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he isn't forced now to make changes. Like, ever since he went on the Michael K show, and what was it, mid June, and said he doesn't know why fans are panicking when it's mid June. Mm-hmm. I believe they're like seventeen and thirty-two since then. Yeah. Um, just terrible. And here's an, I know I pour a lot of stats into this, but. I mean, this is just crazy. Luckily, we're baseball people, Kyle. We like numbers. The Yankees are so bad on the road that they've lost 21 of their last 28 road games. It's bad. And they're 3-12 and 12 on the road since the All-Star break. So, yeah, they have a winning record at home, which is barely. But they're simply not winning on the road, even against, remember, teams like the White Sox. Colorado. The Rockies. I mean, just teams that are below them in the standings, but realistically with some of the stats out there, they're hanging around those teams in, in terms of offensive numbers. I think there's 29th in batting average now, 24th in runs scored. I mean, they're hanging around there with those teams that have 20, 30 less wins. Yeah, it's inexcusable, right? 
but at the end of the day, it, it's inexcusable. Yeah. Um, all right, let's um, talk about this for a quick second here, because like I said, I mean, for, for really both teams, there's just not a ton right now to, to outright talk about um, in the grand scheme of it. So I mentioned Monday, Carl Shodown was going to head to Tampa to the complex with the Yankees to uh, kind of more or less finish up his rehab stuff as he works himself back from the injured list. Uh, but through five simulated innings uh, yesterday and Wednesday in Tampa, everything went good. Um, so really is looking at this point that he'll be available to come off the injured list when he's slated to Tuesday the 22nd. Yeah, so he'll be there Tuesday. So by the time he gets back, there'll be 36 games left. So what does he get, about six, seven more starts? Take, yeah. Because this is not a playoff team. They're not making the playoffs. So, and he's already made, what, four starts? Four or five, yeah. Jesus. So Rodon might make 10 or 11 starts in the first year of his contract. Man, that's a major disappointment. But I also was kind of surprised that he went five innings um, at the complex because if you looked at his previous outings, Barely was getting into the fifth because he was giving up too many runs or his pitch count was so high. So that's one thing that I think if you're trying to look at a positive with him, he needs to stop walking and throwing so many pitches. Mm -hmm. Like walks are killing him and it's building his pitch count up. He's like not putting away hitters. So hopefully over the next month and a half, he will start putting away hitters and get deeper into games. Yeah, part of me almost wonders if – because obviously the Sims stuff is always – they try to keep it as close to the actual thing, but, you know, usually usually not. Part of me wonders is, was it, like, five innings or was it, like, five innings? You know what I mean? Where it's like, no matter what, you're doing the five and that's it. Or it's five, but we start with, like, say, a 1-1 count or something like that. Or there's a runner on with one out type thing. Um just to work through stuff, I, I'd say at this point they probably just let him through the throw the ball and see what happens. But who knows? I, I'm kind of with you though in this regard. Um, you know, lost season again. Not to bring up some scary memories from the past, but you know, Carl Pavano vibes for me already with with Rodon and the Yankees. So hopefully that uh, that doesn't. Yeah, and when's that back injury gonna pop back up? Exactly. How did that just disappear? Well, it. That's the thing. It's chronic. You know it's going to creep back up somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, all right. The Yankees, luckily, or maybe unluckily, I don't know. It depends. I think the reaction tomorrow night. Uh, they return home hosting the Red Sox. Um, three games against the team pretty much right in front of them, no matter if it's in the division or in the wild card, um, let alone having the biggest, you know, at one point biggest rivalry in the game. So, tomorrow night, Friday, 7-5 first pitch. Yankees do have off tonight on Apple TV+. Plus. Brian Bayo goes for the Red Sox. It's to be determined for the Yankees. I'll turn over to you, though, Kyle. Um, looking like an opener-type situation, more than likely. Well, with Michael King throwing 44 pitches, I don't think he would be an opener option. Because um, Boone did say he probably needed three days of rest now, which would put him in place Saturday. So, I think if we do see an opener, it would be Ian Hamilton again. To me, I don't like the opener. I think it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Just let the guys start and then bring in these guys that you would normally pitch ahead of them. Um, I think they made the right decision pitching Vasquez yesterday, starting him and not using King as the opener. Um, 
I don't know. I just don't get where they're... It has to be a numbers thing. There's no other way to justify it. It has to be they're looking at the analytic numbers and they're seeing that if they start an opener, this matchup against these hitters are better and so on. But, yeah, I do think we'll just see Johnny Brito and there won't be an opener, but if there will be, it'll be Hamilton. So Saturday, 105 on Yes or Fox Sports 1, depending upon your market. Cutter Crawford will go for Boston against Garrett Cole. And then Sunday at 135 on Amazon Prime Video or MLB Network, depending upon your market. TB determined for the Red Sox and Clark Schmidt for the Yankees. Um, I, I can't get a good read on this series in Midland because we got two TBDs sandwiching on each end for, for you know, respectively each team. Normally for me, that's usually some sort of red flag, uh, but admittedly, um, if it wasn't for the way the Yankee offense was, I might be leaning the Yankees actually get a series win here, 2-1, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the Yankees do get one. I'd, I'd love for it to be on cold day, but you know you never know with this team. It could just be... <laughs> could be could be the opener tomorrow night or not opener of Johnny, who knows, uh, tomorrow night. So I don't think they get swept, but I think it's a lone win uh, over the weekend for the Yankees. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, they probably are happy that they're going home in, in theory, right, because they play better there. But I don't think it's going to be a great reaction there, especially Friday, you know, first pitch tomorrow type scenario. I think it's going to be, you know, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be like packed to the brim, but I tell you what, it's going to be packed anyway, and I Bet you there are a lot of boo birds out initially, no matter what happens. The thing for me, I'll get into my picks in a minute, is so many fans are complaining about this team, yet forty plus thousand are at every single game. Well, yeah. it's like if you're if you don't like this team, like you're complaining on Twitter and you say you don't want to watch ever again, then why are you there? Why are you spending money? Um, but yeah, uh, I would like to see a Red Sox sweep, but. I think the Yankees are going to get one because there's no way they're going to lose eight in a row. Yeah. But now that I say that, watch it happen. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, give me two of three. Um, the Yankees are one and five against them this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just, for some reason, the Red Sox have played well against them. And say they get two of three, they're going to be five behind the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or like, you know, this is what we call a transition in the industry. Or like how you were the exact opposite about the Mets <laughs> against the Pirates. The Mets, series victory over the Pirates, only lost one game to Pittsburgh. Um, but collectively, pretty pretty good series for the Mets. Um, they, like I said, I think this was a series where you have to go out and you have to win, if anything, just for the fact that you know that you can still do what you're supposed to do as a ball player, as a team type thing. And... You know, admittedly, um, I don't want to jump ahead kind of in, the, in topics we're kind of discussing in a way here with them, but, you know, DJ Seward had a great game yesterday. And you could tell post-game when he was getting interviewed and everything, it was a bit of a, a looser clubhouse again with them. I think, you know, when, when stuff – when you prove yourself as a big leaguer, or I guess maybe at any level, right, depending upon your situation where, you know, you may be in this slump, you're in this bad streak, but you kind of – handle business the way you're supposed to handle business against a team, you know, you kind of, you know, get back to that point where it's like, yeah, you know, we, we got this, we can kind of do this. And um, I think that was the type of series it was for the Mets in a way, you know, they, they, they show that they can handle the business that they're supposed to do against a team that they 
should be, and they, they were able to handle it. Um, anyway, let's backpedal here for a second from, from that. But, uh, you know, Pete Alonzo, want to talk about him, smacked his uh, 36 homer yesterday, sixth of the month. Um, beats the previous six that he had in the past more or less month and a half worth of games because of the all-star break. Um, we talked about a little bit to, I believe it was Monday about him a little bit about how he's to like finding the power back a little bit. And definitely he is. Uh, but Kyle, um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword right now with him. Um, it's good that he's getting the home run stroke back and everything, but it certainly has come to a detriment elsewhere for him. Yeah. Uh, Seems like when he's not hitting the home run, he's not really hitting for average much. I think he's now down to 222. Basically, he's not doing what Matt Olson's doing with his, what, 43 home runs, hitting 272. A little bit different in terms of maybe approach, too. Um, When Olson's not homering, he's kind of just putting the ball in play. And I mean, Alonso's had his RBI doubles, his singles, but, yeah, his average hasn't really been above, I think, 230 since, like, late April. So, but yeah, I mean, he's still homering. He's got 36 home runs. Still a really good season. I think he's approaching 90 RBIs. I think he has 88. Yes, I believe. Um, So, yeah, it's still a really good season. But the one guy, as you already mentioned, for me that had a really good series was DJ Stewart. Mm -hmm. Not only did he homer twice yesterday, he homered the night before. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, really contributing to that offense. And I thought it was cool when they asked him yesterday, he said, He's just trying to do anything he can to stay in the majors. You know, he hasn't really had a ton of opportunities because when he has been up in the majors, he hasn't he struggled. Yeah. So maybe uh, he'll continue to uh, hit and keep his way on the team. Yeah, I mean, to, t- to keep going on Stewart, right, the Yankee portion of this podcast, the fandom, we, we know him as this former Oriole top prospect who just didn't pan out. Yep. And he, he's bounced around the past couple of years in the minors and, End up on Syracuse where he lit it up this year, right? Meyer would deal with the Mets. He was at spring training, but, you know, first half of the year pretty much he was down there. And, um, like, I remember his first game up with the Mets this year. He had that huge RBI, sacrifice RBI fly in the eighth to help beat the Diamondbacks. And um, to, to kind of tag on to you a little bit with that, too, I, I chuckle. And this is what I mean by a looser clubhouse, right? You know, he said in his interview, right, like, well, I, I have to pay for a diaper somehow. And he's talking about his, his – baby daughter (laughs) you know and you know that's the thing I I, with guys like him where it's like it's kind of hard not to refer a guy like that where it's like you know he's going out he he clearly wants to stick right I mean this is a this is a guy who you know at this point you know he probably recognizes he might fall into that journeyman category and doesn't have a problem with it but wants to clearly contribute right and I mean you talked about the home run three home runs and two games but you know he also made a great defensive play yesterday too he was kind of everywhere doing it a little bit and you know it it's it's always a positive too I talked about like that team element of it right where it's like you know you can go out and you can handle it and handle business but it's huge for the players too and when they you know clearly it's a little bit of a different than say being a slump or streak for a player but you know when you more or less are told that like you just aren't worthy enough of a big league spot with say a Baltimore team at the time that was just miserably bad to bounce around, keep your head afloat and now find yourself in a spot where a team is allowing you 
at the big league level to go out and just more or less play and do your thing. No, that's pretty big. And I think, you know, for clearly a guy like DJ, this series was a was a big spot to show why, you know, whether it's with the Mets next year or not, that he can play big league baseball and do it at a consistent basis. Yeah, and in six seasons, he's only played more than 50 games once, and that was in 2021 when he played 100 games. So, yeah, he hasn't really gotten a huge opportunity. And his he, his season numbers this year, the Mets – aren't great but as of the last seven games he's hitting 286 so it seems like he's finally starting to get comfortable and and come around a little more um so yeah i think uh that's one of the bright spots for the rest of the year and that's the thing right i, I, I do want to mention this quickly before we we get on to their roster the mets roster updates i mentioned it monday right this is what i mean by like look the mets aren't going to make the playoffs but like you can still build that momentum to carry it to next year but this is stuff that I mean, though, by, like, you build, you got that base layer, right? Got the base layer blocks to build that momentum. Like, and we'll get into this maybe more when we do the predictions for the weekend for the Mets, right? But don't go and, and take it down. Like, build it a little bit here through the weekend, you know, where we aren't asking for a four-game sweep. We aren't asking to take three of four. But if you were to split but you're in every game and you're playing good baseball, that still can carry that momentum. And that can be, a, like I said, it's a big thing, especially, say, for your DJ Stewart's in this case, right, for your Mark Vientos, for your Francisco Alvarez, the young guys, right, where it's like they know that going into next year they'll be at the big league team full time, that we got this for a whole year. We, we did it for the final month, month and a half. Like We got this for the rest of the way, and that's, that's big. I think it's an underestimated part of no matter whether it's just baseball or any sport for that matter, you know, that you can build off something and continue it on to the next season in line. Yeah, like the upcoming series, you know, they're facing a team that's in, in a similar spot, you know, that's struggled all year. This is where, you know, you can have another positive – back end of the week and you know um they do have a lot of tough games coming up looking at their schedule a lot of teams above 500 so it's not going to be easy but at least you know play well like i said last week at least make the games interesting at least late um and they they did that against the pirates they actually could have swept the pirates but their bullpen late in the late innings just completely melted down six runs allowed yeah that's uh the tuesday game then question so yeah, let's talk uh, some roster moves here for the Mets. Uh, left-hander reliever Josh Walker placed on the injured list, retroactive to August 13th with a right oblique strain. Uh, he got roughed up pretty much against the Braves. That was that appearance there. Um, so probably a bit of a contributing factor in that. Uh, to piggyback off of something, we, again, we discussed on Monday involving a pitcher, but this one, Edwin Diaz. Uh, he threw off of the mound at City Field on Wednesday, and had no issues with his knee, so went from the front of the mound to the rubber, and it sounds like everything went good. Again, now you're entering the interesting portions of, do you bring him back at all this year if he's able to or not? I was in the camp initially of, I think you do, no matter the situation, uh, but Kyle, I think I'm slowly coming over to you at this point, just the way the rehab timeline's kind of matching with the rest of the season. I think you allow him to do stuff like this rehab wise but i don't think you put him in uniform this year yeah 41 games left he's still you know got a little 
little ways to go yet. So I just feel like by the time he is finally ready, there's probably going to be, what, over a dozen games left? I mean, really no, po- even, yeah. Yeah, really no point of even, you know, putting him on a big league mound this year. But at least he's making progress. I still think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's on track to f- to finish with a faster recovery than initially mm-hmm. expected. So yeah, I believe so. It's going well. Um, hopefully no setbacks, and he'll be ready to go in spring training. Speaking of setbacks, John Curtis has a loose body in his right elbow and should return in time for next season. This happened technically when he was with Syracuse, but um, obviously a guy that the Mets had hoped a lot for this year, uh, shelved the rest of the year with um, – it's a tough spot, right? I mean, he's coming back from Tommy John, and they have a loose body. And what a loose body means, right, is uh, – whether it's a piece of, like, bone fragment or could even be sometimes even, like, scar tissue. But something in the elbow is loose and it's causing discomfort. Uh, And ultimately you hope that this isn't a direct correlation from surgery or anything like that uh, one way or another. Uh, But it sounds like they're confident enough that he'll be fine next season. But the rest of the season, done for John Curtis. Yeah, and he was a guy that was up and down, it seemed like, quite a bit. So um, they're going to have to find that new guy, and they kind of did as the guy you're going to mention a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they, they just keep making moves left and right that just try to get through the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of wild <laughs> to the point that, um, not to jump ahead, but, like, I went to the Syracuse Mets game uh, Tuesday night, and I was up in the suite and I talking with some other people in the suite, you know, they're kind of asking about, you know, the team and everything. And my, my one friend kind of threw me under the bus being like, well, Paul actually kind of, you know, <laughs> talks about them a little bit. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but you know, I don't think a lot of people fully realize just like literally, you know, we talk about with the Yankees with the Scranton shuttle, what the Mets have the Syracuse shuttle, especially with that bullpen in full effect. And it's tough to find a rhythm sometimes. And, uh, Sometimes even physically, health-wise, it's just not good to to be doing this to guys. But um, speaking of that, anyway, Sam Coonrod activated off the injured list uh, as we kind of expected a little bit. Again, a guy that the Mets are going to be more or less trying out the rest of the way, see if he'll be back next year at all. Uh, Tyson Miller optioned back to AAA Syracuse, was called up uh, for a few days. Jose Buto was recalled and an option back down uh, within a span of 24 hours. Denny Santana, all right. Selected from AAA Syracuse as a result, right-handed reliever Edwin Yusita was designated for assignment. Yusita was with Syracuse, though, uh, but he'll be designated off the 40-man, similar to, say, the way the Yankees did with Debbie Garcia a couple weeks back. So uh, that takes care of that. Actually, what's funny is I, I did see Yusita pitch Tuesday in Syracuse. Um, looked really good in the eighth inning, his first inning of work. And uh, they brought him back out for the ninth. It gave off, gave up a home run right away, and uh, he was pulled subsequently. Uh, so uh, he's got stuff. I think it's just one of, one of those deals. I think he's got to figure it out. So it, it did catch me off guard to see the Mets actually DFA him, though. So I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen in a way. All right, let's uh, talk about the Mets series coming up this weekend against the St. Louis Cardinals. Four games in St. Louis. That begins tonight, Thursday night. And with that, first game, 7-15 on Fox. Jose Katana, Cardinal legend, returning home to St. Louis. <laughs> Why is that game on Fox? Ew. 
Well, I, Fox has picked up a bunch of these midweek games, which I don't mind, I don't think, in the grand scheme. They could have it, way better matchup than that. Uh, pr- pr- well, there's not a ton tonight. <laughs> Trust me on that. I'm in fa- fancy baseball playoffs. There's not a ton of, uh, ton of games tonight. <laughs> um, against Adam Wainwright, uh, tomorrow night, 815 on SNY. Mets to be determined against Zach Thompson for St. Louis. Saturday, 715 on Fox, or picks rather, in your local or MLB network, depending upon your market. Kodai Senga against Miles Michaelis. And then Sunday also on your local picks affiliate, 215 first pitch for that. Carlos Carrasco against Dakota Hudson. Um, I think I kind of teed it up a little bit. I legitimately think it is a true split in this series, 2-2. I could see the Mets actually winning it, though, but I also could see them losing 3-1 to one in this series. But I'm going to go 2-2. Um, I think, like I said, I think this is the perfect weekend to look at it and you just, like I mentioned, you build the momentum a little bit here. You just build those blocks to build off of. And, you know, at least make sure you're in every game. I If, if it any of these games get sideways, I could see the Mets, you know, I don't see maybe a four-game sweep if things got sideways tonight, for example, right? But if things got sideways tomorrow night, I could see them, and they won tonight, I could see them losing the three straight and losing the series type scenario. Um, but I think they split 2-2. Um, I think they're in every game. I think I, I think they like where they're kind of at right now, where these guys are kind of figuring out their roles, like I said, like a DJ Stewart figuring out his role, and I think they're kind of doing that. And, you know, Kyle, you mentioned it, right? This is a St. Louis team that didn't expect to be in the position they're in either this year. And, you know, they're also trying to figure some things out. And they they might be a team in more turmoil than even the Mets. But, you know, at the same token, this was a St. Louis team that more or less came in and helped more or less, I guess, end the Mets season last month. So, who knows, but I think it's a 2-2 sweep. I think um, the Mets are in it every game, but I think it's a 2-2 sweep. How about the Cardinals? Or split, split. How about the Cardinals losing 8 nothing last night to the A's? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that that was just an odd game in general. But I don't know because the Mets don't like to give Jose Quintana run support. I mean, look at that ERA, and he's 0-4. Yeah. Like, come on, get that guy a win. Yeah, I was about to say we talked about with some other guys. Yeah. <laughs> But then Adam Wainwright, geez, he has a worse ERA than Severino. Or actually just a little bit better than Severino. But anyways, I'll take the I'll take a split. Mm-hmm. 2-2. Um, don't know how it's going to happen. Just don't think either team is going to win, win the series. Yeah. Yeah, that's, why, that's kind of my thinking, too. It's like I feel like they're going to each do their best to also maybe give it up. <laughs> and you're right about the whole Fox thing, but... The Tigers and Guardians are also on Fox in the other market. Mm. And, I mean, look at Fox picking up two games where none of the four teams are over 500 and really not close. The Guardians are 5-0. But, man, it's kind of weird. I, I know they're picking up Thursday games, but tough to pick good games tonight. Yeah, that'll... And the Red Sox Nationals are at four, so they couldn't pick up that game. And, yeah, they don't want the Padres because it's California time, so... Yeah, man, rough Fox games. I mean, I'm going to have them on, but ew, <laughs> as yeah. a baseball fan. That will happen from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, before we get out of here, let's talk some Rochester at Syracuse. Both, like I said, they are victorious to start the week. Rochester 
Uh, one yesterday, their only game they played so far. Rain got to them Tuesday night in Buffalo. And uh, surprise, Travis Blankenhorn kind of powering the Red Wing offense once again. Um, talk about a guy who's getting hot. And I, I, I would imagine, you know, he's not on the 40 man, which makes things complicated. I would imagine, though, it's going to be hard for Washington maybe not to at least call him up at some point in September to at least give him a run the way he's been playing, especially lately. But, I mean, man, you want to talk about a guy who, I mean, clearly we know about his power. We talked about, right, he has over 100 career minor league home runs at this point. But talk about a guy who's really found his power stroke lately, though. That's Travis Blankenhorn for Rochester. Yeah, he's playing well, and I do think he should get a chance. But I do want to bring up a stat on the Nationals. I've had it. Do you know how good they've actually been? Um, yes, actually. 18 and 13. Third best record. I think they've been like 500 since like May or some shit. Yeah, they've actually been winning a good amount of games and against teams that they probably shouldn't necessarily be beating mm-hmm. because of their record, but they're, there's no quitting them. That's the bottom line. Regardless of the record, these you got some young guys who are still competing, still you know, trying to do their best regardless of the record. So if you're playing Nationals like the Yankees are next week, that's just not going to be an easy series. And I think the Mets get three more with them yeah. also next month. So, yeah, that's a team, regardless of the record, to watch out for. Mm-hmm. If they had any kind of pitching, they'd be better. Oh, definitely, yeah. All right, for the Red Wings, catcher Stephen Williams was assigned to single-A Wilmington. Uh, left-hand reliever Lucas Knowles was assigned from and then back to Double A Harrisburg. Left-handed pitcher Alex Troop also assigned to Double A Harrisburg. Left-handed pitcher Joe Lasorsa option from Washington, and left-handed pitcher Alamau Hernandez assigned from Double A Harrisburg, and catcher Jarrett Gonzalez was activated. Syracuse, both games victorious over Columbus so far. Uh, I was there Tuesday, like I said. Brett Beatty. Had himself a day on Tuesday, grand slam, RBI double, um, really kind of feeling it. Um, and I think um, I didn't realize it maybe fully until I kind of was there in person. He's batting over 350 since getting back to Syracuse. And um, I know I know what you're about to say, but yeah, amazing what happens when a guy can bat every day um, type scenario. And maybe this was by design. I don't know. I don't think it was, but whatever. Um, you know, clearly he's found himself in a groove, and he's in it, and he's sticking with it. And it was kind of good to see him, I think, having a good time, though. He was enjoying himself Tuesday um, in that game. And it was, first of all, a great game. First time I've actually had a sweet experience at a baseball game, period. And um, it was pretty cool. I mean, shout out to the Syracuse Mets for the hospitality that they had there and everything. Uh, but... Um, you know, seeing Brett Beatty kind of, I think, like I said, smile back on his face, enjoying himself, and having a really good game was uh, quite the sight to, to be had on Tuesday. Here's a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Will Brett Beatty be back in the big leagues this year with 41 games remaining? Yes. I think yes because Syracuse is not going to make the International League playoffs, more than, barring good point, barring, barring an insane, even more insane miracle than the Mets making the playoffs. <laughs> Right, you don't need to look it up. I, it's, they're they're ten games back. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, oh, I know. I know what you're looking for. <laughs> um, usually, I'm more prepared than this. I forgot their season ends before the right. major league season. Well, not by much, but yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Um, 
September 24th it ends. Yeah, so. Major leagues go till October 1st. Yeah. So you're right. I think either way they, they call them back up. So you're I right. would imagine, to be honest, I. Dumb question. Personally, personally, I would also expect Ryan Mauricio up as well. What, for like a week? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he. I know his average is below 300 right now at Syracuse. I want to say it's at 289, but. I mean, he. He doesn't leave balls untouched. And what I mean by that is he doesn't hit them softly often. <laughs> um, you know, even he, he broke a bat, and even then it was a hard ground ball to third. So basically he's an exit velo king. Just destroys the ball. Yeah, but, like, he not intentionally, though. Like, he it's like he just gets the bat head to the ball, and it's just pure. And I know... I know we talk about it a lot with, like, say, Ali De La Cruz or O'Neal Cruz, who were kind of similar in that way. But, like, Rodney pretty much does the same thing. Like, I mean, he it's it's flush. It's flush, man. I tell you what. I forgot. This is so random. I'm on the Mets website. J.P. Aaron Sibby is the bench coach. Wait, I forgot didn't... about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, he was coaching first base, actually, too, uh, Tuesday, so. Uh, for Syracuse, reliever Jimmy Yacobonis has elected free agency, and outfielder Abraham Almonte was outrighted from the Mets. Um, so Syracuse is home the rest of the week. Um, get out there um, if you can. Weather's supposed to be pretty good the rest of the way, so you know, get out and enjoy. Uh, quick update, because I figured that's actually where you were going. Uh, the Charlotte Knights, they have reached their seventh win of the second half. <laughs> Congratulations to the Charlotte Knights on getting to seven. <laughs> God, seven points. They are eight games back of Syracuse. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, it was a 7-4 win. I see that. Mm-hmm. Tight oh. loss last night, 7-5. Mm-hmm. So are they making progress? They're playing. Are they playing Nashville? Um, the Sounds? Yep, Nashville. <laughs> Never even heard of them. Nashville Sounds, yep. Nashville used to be the – now this is way back, and now this is the nerd in me coming out. Nashville used to be the double-A team for Sir, for the Yankees back in, like, the early 80s. It's where Buck Showalter, I think, had, like, some of his final playing days even was Nashville. So, sorry, everybody, for the nerd moment, but those happen from time to time. All right, so that will take care of Concrete Jungle for today. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Oh, we just got a chuckle out of you from looking at something just now. Oh, because Charlotte lost 20-4 to last week. And they lost 22-4? Yes. Um, against Gwinnett. Oh, Gwinnett? Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know who manages Gwinnett? Matt Tuiasasopo. Oh. <laughs> we, are, we are really having now another podcast for a different time, but I'm really enjoying how this is. How this how this one's ending today? <laughs> Before we end it, are the Yankees going to make the playoffs? No. Do you? How many wins? I, un- I unfortunately have to rescind my fifty fifty from Monday, and I will have to put it at like ten ninety. <laughs> you know the Mets still have a one percent chance of making the wild card. They're seven and a half I'm out. Saying there's a chance. They're only three behind the Padres, who are four and a half out. I mean, but the problem is the Mets get the Braves, Rangers, Mariners. I mean, any anything is possible, but like, yeah, I you're gonna get swept by the Braves next week. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, do you think they get? Do you think the Yankees get to 85 wins? They have to go no. 25 and 16. This is I, I. They're not a team that can play above 500 right now. 
So you think we might see like a losing season yeah, for the first time in be surprised. 31 years? At this point, yeah. yeah wow. What? We're at a spot now that it was a lot like the Mets right at the beginning of July where it's just like, okay, like, I don't think they're going to turn this thing around. Like, and it is, this is what it is. So, can you, this won't happen, but can you imagine if the Mets finish with more wins than the Yankees? Oh, there'd be meltdowns. Can you, like, can you just imagine if that was, like, that happened? They're not going to because their schedule coming up is way tougher than the Yankees. I mean, you never know. The Mets are only five games behind in that sense. Yeah, the Mets got a tough one, though, coming up. And the Yankees don't, just based on the Well, they get the Nationals, they get the Tigers for seven, they get the Royals for three, the Pirates for three. Yeah, they still have some good teams they face, but just more. The Royals who swept the Mets. Yeah, but then the Yankees swept the Royals. (laughs) Baseball. (laughs) Fair. But now watch them get swept by the Royals. That would be something. Yeah. But, yeah, it's rough times. That's baseball. Rough times. (laughs) That's baseball. Also, go Mariners. That's going to sound crazy coming from me. But go Mariners. I'm rooting for them to get the... Nothing but respect out you for representing the Pacific Northwest. Um, anything fun this weekend for you, Kyle, coming up or laying low for this one? Yeah, I don't think there's some too much going on. <laughs> Preseason football, Jesus. Josh Allen Saturday night in Pittsburgh probably going to watch some of that. and Maybe a couple interceptions. <laughs> I'll see. No, 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 no. Um, but exceptions from Matt Barkley. <laughs> but again, like I said, the National League Wild Card race is going to be fun to watch. Mm. Have you seen how tight it is? Like it's really yeah. tight. Yeah. Seven teams competing for three spots, all like kind of within a game or two. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. September is going to be wild. Yep. Baseball, it's fun. Well, most of the time it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, all these Yankee fans need to just like get over it like they suck big deal move on stop caring so much right they don't care we don't care true bottom line that's fair all right so we will talk with everybody again on monday appreciate everybody for tuning in enjoy the weekend everybody we'll see everybody next week